going to be a good day. I got a word for you guys today, and it is for the army of God. So if you're like, I just like to be the baby in the kingdom, this isn't for you, and you're going to get offended. So if anyone's like, I'd like to stay a baby, you should probably maybe go to Children's Church right now, because not, that's not what's going on today. I'm just giving you warning. Um, I got this word. I've been studying and things like that, and then I had a dream on uh, Friday night into Saturday, and I woke up and I said, Matt, I got to take a bath. And for those who don't know, the Lord speaks to me in the bathtub. It's a very intimate place. So I'm in there for hours. Just turn on the... <laughs> so I'm like, the Lord is speaking to me. I got my computer. I got my Bible. I got everything. He, Matt knew that that's where God speaks to me, so he made me this amazing table. So it's like a setup. But I'm like, Lord, you're going to speak to me about intimate things, so I need to be in an intimate place. And that's just something that God does for me. So when I heard this word, it was amazing for me, and I think it's going to be amazing for the body. So come in and think of it like this is being spoken to me as a warrior, not as a broken, you know, we're not going to submit to the enemy. Does that make sense? We're not going to submit and be like, I'm just this little thing that can't do anything. No, you're not. You're a warrior in the kingdom of God. So this is called eradicate the foxes of demise. And but I want to go through, so we've had lots of words about every year. God's kind of speaking, I mean, he speaks lots of words, but things that we've had seasons in our church. So 2020, God said, just maintain. Don't do what the world does. Don't shut down. Just maintain. Show up every week. Preach the word. Maintain. And we did that. We did that well. And because we did that, we grew. We just needed to stay solid. And so we maintain. In 2021, God said, you're going to get a year of rest. And if you don't take it, I'm going to make you take it. I, I was out for a month, and God's like, you're going to learn how to rely on other people. And I'm like, oh. But God said, you're getting a year of rest. And so it was just kind of fun. We were growing. It just seemed good, you know. Um, and then God, in 2022 to 2023, it was a growing year. Do you guys know when you're growing, it's really tough here? <laughs> Those are not, everyone thinks, oh, it's growing. This is good. No, no, no. Your growing years are the hardest times. Because God's stretching you, and, and we felt growth, and it, 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 growth is good, but it takes work. At the end of 2023, we kind of had this harvest. People were starting to see generational things broke off. People were seeing jobs, you know, restored. All of these things began to happen. And so uh, in 2024, God spoke to me, and he said, it's time to equip for battle. It's time to equip for battle. We're not always just God's children. We're also God's army. We're God's kingdom. And he said, this is a year you need to equip for battle because the suddenlies are beginning to happen. Going off that word that we got a few months ago, the suddenlies are beginning to happen and in the supernatural. So we're going to talk a little bit about the supernatural because a lot of you said, I, I believe in it, but I don't understand it, or it's scary, or it looks weird. Yeah, because you know, it's not the natural it doesn't, the natural looks like the enemy, doesn't he? Choices that the world makes are not great because who's the, who, who's the God of this world, right? So we should look weird to what people, the decisions people are making, the choices they're making, the political things they're doing. We should look weird to them, shouldn't we? When everyone's like, my body, my choice, that is a demonic manifestation on people that's evil and we should look different 
We shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, well, I can understand that. No, I can't understand that because I have the mind of Christ. Christ is living in me, and there is no room for demonic activity to reside in me, in my thoughts, in my ideas. You see, we should look different. So go to Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Everyone's translations may say different. 2.15, it says, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil and ruin the vineyards while our vineyards are in blossom. So what are these foxes? What are foxes? You know, when God's talking about there, when, when, when he's speaking there to the, in, in this word, he's saying the foxes are basically represent sins, attitudes, habits that we overlook. They're like, well, I don't really see them. Uh, they're not outward. You know, if you saw something like, oh, you know, make sure the elephants don't trample the vineyard. We're all noticing those things, right? Elephant comes into your garden, you're going to notice. <laughs> we say it's the little foxes, it's those little sins, those attitudes, those habits that we overlook, we excuse, or we defend. Right? Defend. Whew. Eventually, they're going to have huge negative impact on our lives. You know, too many times we're at, on this defensive because we feel, well, I just can't do what the Bible says. It's, it's too hard, you know, or I don't want. I would say, moreover, I don't want to do what the Bible says, right? How many guys are like, I don't want to give. I don't want to take care of that. I want to take time for myself. Sometimes we don't want to do what God's word says. And so those little foxes get to run rampant. And then we're like, why is my life going this direction? Unfortunately, where we are now is the enemy feels more comfortable in our churches and our home than he should. He feels comfortable. He's like, oh, I can come in on a Sunday morning. This church, not this church, I'm saying, he's, he's all over the world. He's going into places that have a religious spirit, and they're, doing, they're giving God mouth service, but they don't, they don't give God their heart. And, he, and the enemy feels more comfortable in our churches and our homes. That's kind of sad, isn't it? He should not feel comfortable in our homes. He shouldn't. I'm sorry. Hair sticking there. Um, so we need to realize there is a constant battle waging. We think, oh, God wants peace. Peace only comes when we have won a battle, right? That's all the way you get peace. You don't get peace through just compromising. Peace doesn't come through that. That's the world's way. God never said that. He's like, we're not giving anything to the enemy. We're not compromising. We're not making an agreement with him. Like, you just stay over here and leave my family alone and and you can do whatever you want. Absolutely not. We need to realize we're in this constant battle in the supernatural, and there's only one way we can lose. Because Christ says he always leads us in victory, doesn't he? He always leads us in victory. So if we are losing, there is only one way we can lose, and that is because we are giving power, we are giving authority, we are giving choice to the enemy. That's the only way. We have to give it because we, he says it always leads us in victory. Always. If we do not have victory, that means that we gave power, authority to the enemy, either knowingly or from ignorance. But we can only claim ignorance so long. Sometimes people don't want to hear it because they know once they hear it, now it's a rebellion. It went from ignorance to rebellion, right? 
la, 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 when you were a kid. You knew what your parents were going to say. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And that's what we do to God because he's like, I want you to know this because I want you to have the truth. I want you to get set free. I want you to be part of a community of believers who go out and preach the gospel. But you're like, I don't want to do that. So I'm going, la, 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 to God. told you it's not gonna be fun wasn't fun for me when I first heard it but the only way is we give that power and authority over to the devil and we release the gates of the demonic presences into our lives when we have the realization that Satan and his minions cannot defeat Christ do y'all understand that They cannot. So you're like, oh, the devil's just terrorizing me. He's just making my life so hard. What? I thought you have Christ. He cannot. It doesn't matter if he destroys your flesh, destroys your finances, steals from you, you know, attacks you. It doesn't matter. You, he cannot defeat Christ. And if Christ is in you, he cannot have, he cannot defeat you. If we're losing ground in our churches, in our homes, in our own personal battles, it's because we're surrendering to the enemy. And like I said, either through choice or ignorance. So if you're here and you stay sitting here, you probably can't claim ignorance anymore. That's how we get you. Because we love you. Because we love you. And so basically... if there's this war being waged right now. Neither you're going to see the power of the fire of the Holy Spirit. How many of you guys like that? Like the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I got to go so you can have something more. And he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. That's good. Or you're going to see the fires of hell and can- condemnation. There's no in-between. There's no like, I can be here or I can kind of stand. There isn't. You're seeing one or the other. There's, not, there's nothing else. There's no, there is two kingdoms, that's it. That's it. So you're going to get what you actively pursue or you passively allow. Does that make sense? You're going to get what you actively pursue, and I would hope that we would actively pursue the things of God and not let the world tell us, well, you can't do this, you're just so busy. You just, you know what, I've never been too busy to submit to the Lord. He will... He will supernaturally make your time. You know what? He will bring supernatural healing to you. He will do all sorts of things so that you can walk according to what he has called you to do. Or you'll passively allow, and when the enemy comes in and bumps you, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry, Satan. I was in your way. That sounds ridiculous. Like, doesn't that sound ridiculous when I say this out here? How come it doesn't feel ridiculous when we do that in our lives? It needs to start feeling ridiculous. When Satan bumps me, we need to body check him. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you're not welcome here. You don't even get to enter the door. You don't even get to stand on the doorstep. You don't even get to be in my property. So me and my family, we, we, we don't smoke cigarettes, and we have, we have a huge aversion to it. And so people that come over and they smoke, I'm like, that's your choice. That's what, you know, you're an adult. You can do that. I said, but you will go off my property. Go stand in the road. You may not touch my property with that because that's a decision that we made. So think that's how we need to be with Satan. Say, hey, you don't even get to come near me. 
You don't even get to be anywhere around where I have authority. And that's how we need to be and not be passive like, well, it's just so hard. Yeah, it's going to be hard because the enemy does not want you to have victory. And if he can deceive you into thinking that you don't, he's going to do that. So in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, Among them the God, little g, of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel and the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. He's saying don't be blind. He didn't say believers. He said unbelieving. So that applies to Christians and non-Christians. There's, there's Christians who believe in Christ, but don't believe in the power and authority he, he gave us. There's people who believe in God, but don't believe Jesus died on the cross for them. Do you see what I mean? People are like, oh, I know there's a God out there somewhere. Well, there could be lots of different, you know, who is your God? And I'm like, I don't, there's only one God, and then there's a bunch of demons representing gods. That's it. We can't be blind. The spirit of this world, which is Satan's agenda, is vying for your passions, your attentions, and your time. Do you understand that? Your passions, he wants you to love what he loves. Now, I know some we like sports. We, we can like all the things God has given us, right? He's given us technology. He likes video games. I like to read books. I like to watch movies. You know, I like to go hang out with my friends. I like to sing karaoke, even though I need, you know, people may not like to hear me sing karaoke, but I don't care enough what people think. Um, but there's things that we like to do. But you have to realize he's vying for your time, your passions, your energy. You say, oh, I just love sports. I just love gaming. I just love exercise. You know what? Things like that even. You ever see people that like, they crazy about it and you're thinking, oh, that's a new God. But it looks healthy. But you think Satan's just going to come and be like, oh, here's, I'm not. But things that are good, if we put them above God, then become what the enemy wanted us to have focus on, to put a new idol there. You know, we glorify fame over freedom. Do you know fame can be bought? Fame can be bought, but freedom is always fought for. Christ said, I'm giving you freedom. He didn't say, I'm going to give you fame, did he? He said, I'm going to give you freedom. So you realize you have freedom that was fought for. That was fought for on the cross. And he said, and you're going to have to battle in the mind Ideas, the enemy's coming, you know, but you have victory in me. It has to be fought for. So if you're like, I want to live free, well, you realize some, either you or somebody fought for that. In every area that you have any freedom, in the natural or the supernatural, it was fought for. It was not, you may think, well, I just got it for free. Yeah, Christ did all the work. We understand that. But it was fought for, for you. We begin to say, I want comforts over consecration. We should be holy, not because we're afraid of hell. We should be holy because he is holy. And if he is living in us, then we would have a desire because his spirit is in, living in us to be holy, isn't it? That's really good. Yeah, come on. Be excited about that. It shouldn't be like, I'm scared of hell, so I'm going to try to do all the right things. Guess what? You'll never be able to do it. That's what the Old Testament showed us, right? Before Jesus came, nobody could do it. Even the person closest to God, you know what I mean? Even, nobody could do it. I look at Elijah, I'm like, that guy's powerful and stupid. Man, I just had fire come down from heaven, licked up all the water, all these, I slaughtered all these. But then one, one crazy woman 
who thinks she's pretty is like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to run away. See, that's why we have to, we can't be good enough, so we can't just do all the things that the Bible says. We have to live with his righteousness and lead with that. Because when we use comforts over consecration, it's easier to punish, yell, manipulate our kids or even other people in general than to correct them in love, isn't it? It's really easy. When you're frustrated and you're just like, your kids do something, they annoy you, you just want to yell at them. You're like, get out of here. Why do you always got to do that? Why do you got to be so loud? Can't you ever do anything right? And I'm saying that because I've said that. And I'm thinking, oh, that's me. I'm sinning right now. I want my comfort because I want to be quiet. I don't want to have to deal with the problems that God said, I actually put this in your life. I, I gave you these children to be able to build up, raise up. You get to steward them. And instead, I'm thinking, I want about me. See, because it's easy to do that. It's easy to watch TV, scroll on your phone, play games, then actively choosing that connection with God. Like, okay, God, I want to pray with you for a couple minutes. I'm gonna, I want to learn something about you. I want some revelation worship him or even listen to him so many times we're like god is screaming at us and we're going like this i can't hear you i can't see you i have a dog okay and i accidentally stepped on her foot and i felt bad and i said i'm sorry and she goes like this and won't look at me I think we're better than a dog. She was offended. She was mad at me, and she thought, I'm not even going to look. I'm going to close my eyes and pretend you ain't talking to me because you hurt my feelings. You brought me some discomfort. It's not about our comforts. Want to get the little foxes? I mean, think about, we all got things in our life we don't like. We all got some personality traits. It's like, I wish I was not like that. And if you don't, yours is pride. I'll help you out. And the reason we're aware of them is because God loves us. And he's like, I want this to change so you can grow up and mature. I want you to be able to walk in the full destiny of what I've created for you. What, what my son did for you i want you to walk in that freedom so sometimes those little foxes were like and ours are all different you probably don't have the same ones creeping in that i do in different stages of our life different stages of our walk with the lord but so i had i've been studying this studying and and god's just been speaking to me about being able to understand time seasons to be present understanding atmospheres supernatural all these things and um when i was young i could not when i was really so when i got saved i couldn't watch any scary movies i couldn't watch horror movies or anything like even things that were just kind of scary i was like i can't even my senses were too heightened okay to the things of god but then these two started being all watching. They bring it in. They're like, it's scary. It's cool. It's like, they're not scared of it. And then there's nothing. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about demonic movies. I'm talking about like a zombie movie or something crazy. Like, you know, that's just stupid. So they started watching. I'm like, mommy watches me. So I started watching. And then after the years, and then what happened is I got desensitized. 
and God spoke to me, and, and me and Matt were watching this silly um, zombie movie, like the dubbed Asian zombie movies. Like, they're silly, right? These are not scary. These are, and God said, you're not going to put your eyes on that anymore. And I literally immediately had anxiety, and I put the blink, and I said, Matt, I can't. I'm going, la, 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 la. I turned my phone up, and I'm like, I need to know what happens because we already started. So I'm like, I'm going to put the blankets over. I'm going to be going, la, 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 singing. And this is what happened. And I was like, I can't watch this anymore. God said, that's no longer for you. Put it down. If you want me, if you want to go to the next level, if you want to do, you want to continue in the walk, if you want to equip people, if you want to do what I've called you to do, you're going to lay that down today. I'm not, and don't get offended like, well, I watched scary movies. I just outed these guys. So I'm not saying that, but that was for me. But that's what was God saying for me. He said, if you want to be sensitive to the Spirit, you better be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Don't be desensitized to what the enemy is doing. You've got to be heightened. So I thought, I want that, Lord. I want that for my, myself, for my family, for my church, for my community. I want to have, I do not want to be desensitized when you're telling me something's going on that the enemy is doing. I want to know because I, I want to strike it down immediately. I don't want to wonder, oh, what's going on? I want to be like, you know, what? I walk in this atmosphere. Oh, yeah, the enemy's hiding in the corner. He's gone. I need to know that. So that's why God spoke to me. That's why I'm talking about little foxes that we think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, if God says it is to you, then it is. He might not have said that to you. So that's what I'm talking about. We need to not just think, oh, this is okay. You know, we begin to, we begin those little foxes as things like selfishness instead of servanthood. Don't raise your hand, but if you're saved... If you're saying, I've accepted Christ in my life, I'm on my way to heaven, I love him, and I want to serve him, you are now a servant. You don't get the, you don't get the right for selfishness. Basically, we're just lazy. We're just lazy. We will choose what we want to do over what God wants us to do. I just want to sit home, relax, I want to take care of me. Well, God says, get up off your derriere and take care of other people. It's a more sophisticated word. I mean, I'm already saying some things that offend the enemy that we've allowed in areas of our life. It's going to be offensive. Because if we have things in our life that are not of God, it's going to be offensive when you hear the truth of God. So be very in tune to what's offending you today. That's a good thing to know I need to repent. I need to get set free. I need to get delivered from something. We got to get equipped, grow up, mature, expand the kingdom. That's why we become servants. Servants, servants. You know what servants do? They serve. I'm not trying to trick you. Servants serve. And it's not a self-serve. This ain't Walmart. We're not making you scan your own groceries. No, we are supposed to go out. We come into the kingdom. He's like, all right, I laid down my life. Now you get to too. But when you do that, you're going to do it with joy because you got the full righteousness that I have because I gave it to you. That's what Christ did for us. You want God's kingdom? How many of you guys want God's kingdom? Yeah. yeah. How many of you guys want to have God's atmosphere everywhere you go? Like, it just feels good. You walk in, you're like, it just feels joyful in here. I like it sometimes when I'm shopping, and I'm just like, Lord, come with me. Especially to Walmart, I ask him. 
I'm specifically <laughs> petition him. And sometimes I'm walking down the aisles, and God's speaking to me, and I'm just laughing. <laughs> I mean, it probably looks a little crazy, but the joy of the Lord is with me in there. And that's when people are like, hey, come here. I want to talk to you. You know, people chase me down with their little carts, and then I'm like, all right, Lord, let's go. And it's good because you want to take that atmosphere. How many of you guys want God's favor? You know his favor is, is abundant. I want God's favor. How many of you guys want God's power? That one's a little different because then I can't be a victim. I can't blame. I can't make excuses. See, everyone's like, favor! Joy! The kingdom of God! How many of you guys want his power? Well, I have to lay down myself. If you did, good. But that's a little harder. How many of you guys want his anointing? How many of you guys know when God anointed people, he usually sent them in, hey, Gideon, get out of there. You're going to go battle everybody. <laughs> hey, Elijah, you're, my anointing's falling on you. You may die, but it's, a, it's something I'm willing to risk. <laughs> hey, you guys, you know what? Fiery furnace, it's okay. Just my anointing's going to be on you guys to, you know, stand for me. And if you die, you die. Anointing's a little different than what we think. We think anointing's like, get up on this pedestal so everyone can see how good you are. No, 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 no. The anointing's like, there's a target on you now. And you're going to be able to walk places that you never should have. You have a target. The enemy will attack you, but you're going to be able to complete that because you have my anointing on you. Anointing's not like, oh, it just feels so good. Even when... Maybe nobody else has thought this. Maybe I'm just weird. But you guys know in Psalms when it says the, that they anointed Aaron with the oil and that it was coming down his head and it was so much oil that it was going down his beard and dripping off. That sounds, that sounds terrifying to me. Does anyone else have issues with, like, oil? Like, you can't get it off. It's dripping and it's sticky and you're like, ah. Like, when I put lotion on my hands, I'm like, I can't touch anything. I'm like a little kid. I'm like, oh, this feels so weird. Let it soak in. Let it soak. Like that's, it's not really comfortable, is it? If you were like put in a, in a bunch of oil, that's not comfortable. The anointing is not meant to be comfortable for our flesh. It's for our spirit. It's where you have that power. And we want that for our homes. We want it for our churches, right? Do you know the church can't have that if you don't, if the, if the people don't have that? The church is made up of believers. So if believers don't want that, the church will never have that. It can't. So we have to personally want that. It says in Matthew 5.8, it says, Blessed and anticipating God's presence, spiritually mature, are the pure in heart, those with integrity, moral courage, and godly character, for they will see God. I want to see God. I want to see God when I'm in heaven. I don't want to see God in the flesh when I'm down here. I'm probably not listening. (laughs) Right? But I want to see God. Then we got to grow up. What was acceptable to us yesterday may not be acceptable to us today. That's what I talked about. That was acceptable for years for me. And then God's like, nope. 
There's different things that God's like, this is going to grow you in this season. This is what you need for what the next step of your call is. Right? Sometimes he's got to heal things before he's like, we're going to stop doing that. You know? There's, there's different things that God's like, this is not acceptable. It was acceptable yesterday, but it's not today. And it's not going to the person next to you and say, does God let you do this? Okay, then I'm going to do it too. Because God might say, they're allowed to do that because I'm still working on trauma. I'm just getting them healed. They're still growing up in that area, but you are growing and you know when you have a revelation and you're not doing it anymore. Right? How many of you guys know? Yeah. How many of you guys have more than one children? Raise your hand if you have more than one child. How many of you let, like, your two-year-old can do things that your four-year-old or eight-year-old or ten-year-old can't, right? Like, if you're, you have babies and they're eating, they're getting mess everywhere, they're dropping food on the floor, you're like, that's adorable. My five-year-old or something started throwing food, they're getting cheese. If you don't know what cheese is, because that's unacceptable. It was acceptable when they were one. It's not acceptable. You know how to act. You know what's right. You know how to feed yourself. That's enough. We have to have integrity, moral courage. What does that mean? It means stand up for what God stands up for in your lives and apply it to your lives. And apply it. There's tons of people claiming They can preach the word real good, but there is no power. There's no authority. They know the Bible backwards and forwards, but you don't see it applied in any area of their life, right? Say, no, actually stand for what God stands for and apply it to your lives. If God says, put me first, then you know what you should start doing? Put him first. If he says, be sexually moral, then you know what you do? Be sexually moral. If he says, obey your parents, then you should obey your parents. If God says, don't harm my children, then quit punishing, manipulating all of that stuff to your kids. Be a voice to the most vulnerable, right? If God says it, we should do it. That's what he's talking about. If God says have character, then don't honor your addictions over God. And we know addictions like substance abuse, smoking, porn, all of that. But what about food? What about worship of our children? When I was writing this, God says, you know one of the biggest things Christians do is worship their children over me? And I thought, what? So I asked God. He said, yeah, they run around spending every time, every moment, every dollar, every ounce of energy serving their kids' wants and not taking care of their kids' needs, which is to introduce them to me, is to live their life according to what I've called them. We're taking care of their wants, and we don't even, they don't even know Christ. And I thought, that's true. Do you understand that we're choosing that over there. And I've been guilty of that too myself. Like, I want to give my kids everything because you love them. But I thought, what I always gave my kids, I'm like, I got to go back to what God's word says. My kids are both all, and I have four children. Because <laughs> of multiply, God's like that. Sue always said, you're going to have sons. I said, I know, when my daughters get married. <laughs> but all of them are good with money. You know why? Because when they were teeny tiny, we took the principle. And I said, God, what do you want us to teach them about being good stewards? So when they were young, we didn't just buy them everything they wanted. They worked for their school clothes money, and then they had to take that cash, and they had to go to the store, and they had to budget everything they needed. And if they didn't work, they didn't get it. I didn't go, oh, well, you didn't make enough money 
to buy shoes, so you're, you know, I'm not going to get them, for, or I'll just buy them for you. No. It's like, depending on what you want, I guess you're going to work. And they learned how to be good stewards, and now they, they all are financially understanding. They, they understand kingdom principles. They're givers. But you've got to put that stuff in and say, well, they, they might not like me. I just want to give them everything they want. It's like their wants are immature and worldly. That's why you were called to steward them and raise them up in the things of God, right? Because a child, they want to eat cookies for breakfast. They want to, oh, I want to go do this. I want to go do that. It doesn't matter what it costs. I don't want to go to school. I don't want to show up. I don't, I don't want to go to work. It's like, well, I don't care what you want. I'm going to teach you godly principles so that it will save your soul and you won't spend eternity in hell. How about that? That's, that's a lot better, right? How many of you guys want that? If you do not want that for kids, we will do deliverance ministry on you later. <laughs> it's funny, but I ain't joking. If you don't want good for your kids, you need some deliverance. You should want good for your kids, but you should want good enough that I want them to have eternity in heaven with Jesus. That's the first thing you should give your children over any comforts, anything. Godly character. You know what? God is giving. Love the truth. Here's the thing. Love the truth and extend it with compassion. That's hard, right? Because it's like, well, I know this is right. Well, how do I extend that with compassion? That's speaking the truth in love, having honor, serving others. Be a blessing and not just always like, Lord, bless me. Bless me. Bless me. Bless me so I can be a blessing. Take care of me so I can give, so I can serve. Instead of like, I'm just waiting. God's my piggy bank from heaven. You know, God's my therapist from heaven. That's all. Just keep giving to me. Keep taking care of me. No, I want to be blessed so that I can be a blessing. Be faithful. Be joyful. Be hopeful. Rejoice in the truth. When God corrects me, which he does a lot, because I like, I tell people, I like the correction because that means that I'm going to have more joy, more freedom in my life. Because if I wait till it's like a big, I like the little corrections. Now, it doesn't feel good when you correct, if someone corrects me or God corrects me. I don't, it doesn't feel good in that moment. I'm not going to say I'm not going to be mad for a moment, but I know that it's right and I know that it will actually benefit my life. Just like when you tell your kids, no, don't go run in the road. You're not going to do that. And like, but I want to go over there. I don't care. Like it's, it benefited their life. They still have one. That's what God's saying to us when he corrects us. He's like, it's, it's to benefit you. So what is it going to look like if we really step up and start being set apart from the world? What's it going to look like? Some of you guys are like, I don't know. I don't live there. And we'll help you. I'm going to sound like a broken record. Because I think this is something God wants to get across. But I'm talking about raising your hands in worship. Worshiping God. Some of you guys, I know in my spirit, you sit here and I can hear in your, in your thoughts that you're saying, when is this going to end? When is this going to be done? I'm bored. I don't like how loud it is. I just want to sit down. I want this to be over. 
I'm taking a drink for a minute. Yeah, because some people are like, that's me. That's a sure sign of immaturity because it's not about you. You don't even know that it's not about you. Oh, I don't like, I don't like the songs. I don't like to lift my hands. I don't want to do that. I don't know what it'll look like. That looks weird. That looks silly. Well, it's not about you. Why are you so worried about what you're feeling? You're losing the battle because you're serving yourself over God because he always says, open his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Are you worshiping him? If you're like, my life's all crazy, I can't tell you enough. Do you want to have the gates open to the kingdom? You guys were like, yeah, I want the kingdom of God. I want the favor of God. Then start praising, worshiping, and honoring him even if you look ridiculous to what you think the world thinks. That's so true. You want it to be different? What will it look like if I start raising my hands, if I start crying out to God, if I start sharing the gospel, if I start dancing in the presence of the Lord, if I speak in tongues, if I pray out loud, if I repent often and sometimes publicly? You know, if you're like, I want to preach the word. Well, you know, if you get up somewhere like this, you guys have heard me share things more things that I've failed in than probably that I've succeeded in. Because you know what? If you're going to have a place that you're going to preach the gospel, you're going to have to learn how to be repentive and probably openly. If you want an open place to speak the word, you're going to have an open place to repent. It is not... (laughs) You got a word, Pastor John? Start here. Yep. Come on. There you go. No one else is with you. No one else is with you. Go out in the hallway. Everyone's facing this way. No one can see you. I don't care what it is, but you want to start winning some battles in your life, then start serving and worshiping God. And you know what? Quit making excuses if you're like, well, I'm just not, that's not my personality. No, it's your spirit. That's who you are. Your personality is your own thoughts, your own ideas, things that you decided. I I read this thing and it said, you know what God left out of the Bible? Your opinion. I love it, except for when he says it to me. (laughs) But I want you to say, all these things I'm going through, and you feel like, oh, that's me. Do you know I had to, before God ever lets me preach a word, I have to live that word. I don't just, oh, this is something, and I got these notes, and I get this thing, and it tells me. No, no, I have to live the word before God lets me ever speak it. Because it's not like, oh, well, you're a preacher, you're exempt from this. Absolutely not. That's why I wanted to share. You know, it was something that God did for me and said, get that out of your life. But what if we actually started doing that? You know, sometimes when I'm wearing here, this morning, God said, would you take your shoes off? I got to speak to you and I need you to be in a holy spot. And I'm like, but I'm wearing heels today. And then God spoke to me, and man, he was ministering to me, and I'm like, I just can't get low enough before my king. Do you ever feel like that? If you don't, you might be serving self, because there's times I cannot get low enough before the king of kings, because it's such an honorable place to be. 
Because when we go low, that's taking away ourself. Okay, Lord. And if you begin to do those things, raise your hands, cry out to God, share the gospel, sing all of those things, dance in front of the Lord. I love dancing at my house in front of the Lord. I don't do it as much here because I'm usually wearing heels. I like to do cartwheels. I spin around. I jump on the furniture. If you were on the outside of my house looking in the windows, you might be thinking, is there like a snake running around here? Like, they're mice. Like, because I think it's fun. It's like, I'm just excited. And then I get the animals going, so we just have a train of animals running around. Like, Matt comes in, he's like, oh, gosh, the Lord must be listening to you. I'm in the, I'm in the bathtub. I'm hearing from the Lord. I'm praying. I'm doing this. And then there's one dog, and then there's a cat. And then there's another dog, and they're just doot, doot, doot right there. <laughs> what? Oh, the lawnmower. You want to see something hilarious? And you just need, I love worshiping God in the lawnmower because I can't hear anybody. i got headphones on. I don't care what's happening. And I'm always worshiping out there. Sometimes when I use two hands, the lawn looks like this. But then God, the neighbor started doing that. Not this neighbor, different neighbor. He's like, I, I saw you out there singing. You didn't care about your voice. I'm like, yeah, I didn't. And I was just praising the Lord. He's like, I'm going to start doing that. I'm like, good, let's change the atmosphere of our entire neighborhood. Who cares? People come by. People always think I'm waving at them. <laughs> Hong Kong. So many people are excited to see me. <laughs> but do you see, I don't care what I look like. And I'm usually wearing, like, cut-off shorts, and I'm trying to tan, so I'm got, like, I look scary. <laughs> like, you're not going to stop and ask me what I'm doing because it's too scary, but I don't care. I don't care. There's something about attractive. Come Yeah, see? See, I'm not the only one. Do you know why? Because you know what? Nobody can get to you. Nobody can get to you. It's loud, so you're drowning out with the enemies. The enemy wants you to worry what other people think. And when you can't hear them, I just hear the tractor, and it's like, okay, i got to just internally, okay, I'm just going to speak to the Lord. Come on. I love it. Now I want there to be. I miss it. Sometimes I would work all day this summer. I had I asked God to bless me this this past summer and I said and he said anything I any any job I send your way, I want you to say yes to and I was like, "Are you sure about this, Lord?" And I was working an excessive amount cleaning houses, but sometimes I would get home after, you know, 8 10 hours of cleaning and I was like, "Matt, like, what do you do?" I'm like, "I got to get on the lawnmower. I need to mow the lawn." Because I just want to be with the Lord. That's a place that I hear well. And I just get to worship him. So if you do these things, you know what it's going to look like? You're going to look like a true believer, a true servant of the Most High God. You will see it echoed in your homes, in your families. You will see it in your churches. They will grow healthy. We are a healthy church because you guys love the Lord. You know how to worship him. Yes, sometimes we need an upgrade. Sometimes we've got comfortable like this feels really good. So now I'm just going to step back and let everyone else do the work. Absolutely not. We don't allow that. You won't be comfortable here very long if you do that. You will see generational curses fall away. You will experience joy and peace in the midst of trouble and trying seasons. Some of you have troubled and trying seasons right now. You do. But I've seen joy through it. I've seen God break things off. I've seen you be committed. I've seen you say, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. God is good. 
God is good no matter what it looks like, and I'm going to keep moving forward. But instead, you know, here's the question we should be asking. Instead of what will it look like if I do, like if I do these things, what will I look like? What will people think of me? Well, the enemy's going to make you think that people are thinking you're weird, but the more I do stuff like that, the more it actually catches on and people are like, man, this feels good here. Yeah, because it's the atmosphere of God. That's why it feels good. But instead of saying, oh, what are people going to think of me? What are they going to, what if people look, what if they don't like it? Instead of that attitude, we need to say, what will it look like if I don't? I'll tell you what it'll look like. It'll look like destruction. It will look like demise. It will look like your household and your family and in your generational line are going to be attacked. They're going to go down. There's always going to be something going on that is against you. There's going to be chaos in your home, strife between your family, restlessness that cannot be comforted. Do you understand? If you don't, you are going to have things like that, restlessness that cannot be comforted. When the Lord spoke to me, he said, it won't matter. They will have restlessness that can never be comforted because I'm the only comforter. Shame, hopelessness, defeat. Is that enough to start kicking those little foxes to the curb? How many of you guys have been uncomfortable? Like you've had pain or something or just anxiety or any of those things, and it's like nothing stops it. If you've ever had, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I just feel uncomfortable. I got to get, like if I wear a turtleneck, I don't care where I am. I hope that if you put one on me here, it's coming off. I don't care. I can't. I'll literally... Un- mercy knows like if I am uncomfortable with clothes I don't care I'm like I'm sorry you're in the car with me I have no- everything's coming off right now I got a towel I, I got to get home I had sand in between I can't have sand touching me with other clothes and she found that out <laughs> but we're good enough friends she, she stayed but you see that nothing but I'm talking about that uncomfortableness that when you're so like this this is so uncomfortable. Is it enough to start kicking the foxes of the curbs and saying, what is, make, what is standing between me and the comfort of the Lord? What is standing between me and the peace of the Lord? What is standing between me and victory in Christ? What is standing here? What am I allowing to just go in and be like, I'm just going to not hear that or not see that. I'm just going to pretend that it's not there. I don't want to deal with it because then someone might be mad at me. My kids may not like me. Your kids don't need to like you. You need to love them enough and say, you know what? As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. You come bringing demons in here. You come acting like the enemy. You're going to find out what happens. You can stand outside. You're going to act like that. Be like, oh, demons, they, they stop at the door. You can go outside for a little bit. The kid, like, oh, you call me a demon? Oh, yeah. You're acting like one. You go out there. I'll pray for you. You pray for you. When you can act right, you can come back through these doors. Start having an actual, and saying you're not welcome here. Instead of saying, oh, little baby demon, you want to come have just a seat on my couch? I know you've had it so hard. Everybody's had trauma. Everybody's had bad things happen to them. Everybody's had attacks from the enemy. And you know what? We don't need to pacify that. Because you know what happens to little baby problems, little baby powers and principalities? And when you baby them, when you take care of them, when you won't confront them, when you allow them, you know what happens to them? They grow up, they get big, they blow up. I like (laughs) blow up. That's what happens in your home. Then you're like, why is everything? The enemy's just after me. It's like he's always been after you, but you just didn't apply your power and authority and you gave it over to him. Take it back. Set 
talked to for years and God's bringing them back because you know what? I said, no, I'm not going to allow that. And they were mad. But when they realized peace follows you, I want to be back in relationship with you. There you go. Don't worry about the timing. Worry about what God is saying. Kick them to the curb. Isaiah. How many guys love Isaiah? Love him. He is amazing. God gave him lots of gifts. Isaiah 8. I'm going to start in 11. It says, For in this way the Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me. You know, we think that sounds good, but I don't. The strong hand of Lord. That probably means Isaiah was being a little whiny baby. Because God's like, you better listen. You know? You ever do? I'm not even going to say it. Some people are like, I can't believe you did that to your kid. You know what? If your kids are running, let them fall down. Oh, that's so sad. But inside you're like, ha ha. You didn't listen to the Lord. Maybe you need to listen when I tell you not to run on wet, slippery stuff. It's like, I mean, as long as they don't get like severely injured. Come on, people. Like, let's, but it's like sometimes it's like, oh, did that hurt? Yeah, because you're not supposed to do that. Learn. But you look, he's in his strong hand upon me and instructed me not to walk in the way of the people behaving as they do, saying, you, you are not. You are not who you say. It's a conspiracy in regards to all this people call a conspiracy. And you are not to fear what they fear, nor be in dread of it. Quit fearing people, he's saying. Quit fearing people. It is the Lord of hosts whom you are to regard as holy and awesome. He shall be your source of fear. He shall be your source of dread, not man. Then, so you're speaking, I'm supposed to fear God. Yeah, you're supposed to fear God in reverence. So you're thinking, but it said to be afraid of God, to fear God. Yes, you should be afraid if you're sinning, if you're not living according to God's word. You should be afraid of of the judgment of God. He said, if you do this, you're getting this. Okay, that's what he's talking about. He's like, then if you have that in chapter, in verse 14, it says, then he shall be a sanctuary, a sacred, indestructible shelter for those who fear and trust him. That's good. He's saying, quit fearing what man think about you. Quit fearing what you want, what you like, what's comfortable for you. And start actually fearing God. If God says, lift your hands in praise, surrender to me, then you should put God first. He said, fear me. Because if I'm saying do it and you don't, Guess what? When David danced in his underwear and ran around and was worshiping God and lifting his hands and singing and dancing, his wife's like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. You're the king. Why are you doing this? And she was barren from that day on and could never give birth to another child. Because she said, I'm going to submit to the enemy. And I'm embarrassed of what God is doing in you right now. She was embarrassed of the move of God in King David. And no lineage came from her from that day forward. That's a big deal. Do you guys understand that's a big deal? Because Jesus came out of the lineage of who? David. And she never had, and it says she became barren. That's why we we say, God, we fear you over man. We need to get over the fear of man and really have the fear of God, the reverence for his love and honor him. So I'm just going to finish up here in that because I know that's a lot. And, it, and it's, you felt it here, you felt it here. That's good, but I want to help you. 
You have something? Yeah. Get up here. Come on, correction. This guy's really good at it. <laughs> All right, Luke 9, verse 23, Jesus says this. He says, if you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Yes, come on. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world and your soul is lost and destroyed? Mm. And then Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives Come in on. you, was given to you by God? Yes, you do not belong to yourself. You've been bought with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. Yes, that's good. I like it. Come on, that's, I think that goes right along. You know what? You're trying to get everything for self. Said right there, you're going to lose it. All that you did is going to be in vain, and you're going to lose. What's most important to you is eternity. Oh, your kids had a great life growing up, but they spent eternity in hell? That's not great. That means that this was the best time they ever will have for eternity. Eternity. And you should give your kids a good life. I'm not saying that. Don't be like, you know what? <laughs> we like to give our kids good things. But the first thing we should give them is a fear and reverence and respect and awe of God our creator and a love and, and, and commitment to Jesus Christ who laid his life down and actually teach them how to apply what was given to them and be good stewards. So in saying that, hearing that, there was a lot of scripture that was like, that's tough. You know, you know when it's tough for me to speak when I have no water at the end. Because the mom in me, the pastor part of me, wants to be, I don't want to hurt their feelings. And God's like, their feelings are leading them to hell. Teach them how to lead in the spirit. Teach them how to lead in spirit and truth, which comes from my word. I'm like, okay. So if I was speaking today and something felt like, oh, that was tough. Oh, that was me. I don't want to, does anyone know that's me? Nobody knows it's you. If you feel like God's, if you feel like it's directed at you, that's not me directing it at you. That's the Holy Spirit saying, yeah, that's you. Let's change it. But if that was you or that's me, that gnawing, you know, as the word was broken, it's probably just a little fox that you've tolerated or allowed. You've tolerated or allowed. Eradicate it. We're done. It doesn't get to come in here. You know, Matt, we're going through shows last night. He's like, do you think you'll be able to watch this? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> and there was, and it, it, was, it wasn't even scary, well, scary movie, but it just was like an intense, and I was like, okay, there's parts I can't even watch. I'm like, God, you're doing something. I'm like, I need to watch something silly. I'm like, I need a comedy. I can't do this. I'm like, what have you done in me, Lord? And the Lord's <laughs> like, I have a plan for you in this next season. And I'm thinking, all right eradicate it. If it's addictions, then start petition. If you're like, I've had this addiction, I can't stop. I keep saying I can stop, but I can't. Then petition other believers to come alongside of you who will help you, who say, I love you so much. I'm not going to leave you in the clutches of the enemy anymore. Do you guys understand that? If you love someone, you will tell them the truth. You will help them. You will come alongside and say, what can I do? If it's harsh words, begin to renew it with the washing of the word. Until the filth is gone. 
That's one I've learned. I mean, with my kids, sometimes I would say harsh things, and God's like, I want you to repent publicly. I want you to do it in front of their teachers. I want you to do it in front of unbelievers, everything. Do you know how hard it is to walk in to a school where people don't believe, and you say, I'm here because I spoke harshly to my child, and I need to take her out of class so I can repent. Do you know how that looks? you know how hard that is as an adult to go and say, I was a bad parent. I did not follow God. Some of you work in the school and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I've been in the schools. <laughs> That's hard, isn't it? And the thing is, also, I worked there. So these are my coworkers. These are my bosses that had to watch me go to an 8-year-old child, pull her out of class, and be like, Mom was terrible to you this morning. That is not how I should act. That is not how I should talk, and I apologize. Please forgive me. Some of you need to start doing that with your children and your lives, at your jobs, with your spouses. Because think, well, they'll get over it. They're my spouse. Still hurts. God wants that. So if that's you, begin to renew it with the, wor- with the word. Un- unforgiveness has no place. Let that filth be gone. If it's selfishness, serve. If it's selfishness, serve. Every chance you get, serve your family, serve your coworkers, serve your church community, serve strangers. Go in front of me in line. Do you need me to take care of your cart? Whatever it is, begin to serve. If you have a thing that you only think you more about yourself, what are my needs going to be? I want this, or I'm uncomfortable, I don't like this, or, you know, they're annoying me. If you're annoyed, it's probably because you're being selfish. Because you don't like what the other person's doing. If you're married, you're annoyed a lot. That means you have some selfishness that you need to crucify. When you see these like little old ladies and men that are like 100 years old and they're married and they're, I love you. Like we like to go places. Me and I'm like, look, and we follow them. Look how cute they are. They love each other. Like they're not even hitting each other. Nothing. They're holding hands. <laughs> I don't know what is. But do you know how they got there? Soft words, repentive, serving each other, even, even when you're feeling annoyed and you want it to be, I want it to be quiet. I want it to be about me. I, I want this. I've had a hard day. I've worked hard. I've done this. And I'm going to serve you. And being thankful. Serving, 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 serving. If you have a spirit of depression, serve. I'll tell you, when you have a spirit of depression, when depression comes on you, I'll tell you that is the quickest way. I'm like, as soon as I start feeling anything like that, I'm like, I got to go, I got to serve, I got to take care of others, I got to give, I'm going out and buying stuff, giving stuff to people. When I do that, if there ain't no one around, I just go to the grocery store and I just buy candy bars and hand them out to the people working. (laughs) The people that work at the grocery store are like, you need to come in more. (laughs) Because I'm like, I just got to give and take care of this person. You need something for your break. Here's a pop, you know, serve, 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 serve. I don't know why, but God's really on that. So if you're not serving, find a way today. Don't even wait. Don't even wait till, well, I'll do this, or I'm not sure if I'm qualified. You are qualified to meet the needs of others in different ways. You are qualified. All right. Where are we at? Worshiping other gods, if you're doing that. None of us ever want to admit that. No one wants to admit that we worship other gods. That's idols, things like that. But if you're, if you're doing that, if you're worshiping other gods, then just repent. 
Repent, God, I'm sorry I put this first. I know you said that I, you'll add everything to me if I would put you first, but I've chose that I know better and I've put this and this and this and this before you. It's eaten up my time. That's why I feel over busy. I feel like I can't get things done. I put myself in the place that you should be. You guys know that, that sometimes we do that. We are God for other people and we take care of all their needs so they never have to rely on God. Oh, you have lack. I'll take care of it. I'm not going to let you go to God. Oh, you're sick. I'll come take care of you. Oh, you're sad. I'm going to cheer you up. And they never have to go to God because you said, I'm your God. Parents, we end up there a lot, don't we? I'll take care of everything so you never have to feel any discomfort, so you never have to go to God, and I'm sending you straight to hell that way. Because we're not good gods. Oh, my gosh, Lord. I'm feeling like (laughs) it's crazy. Are you guys' eyes being open in this? My eyes are being open. I'm like, you know, I've went to my kids even now. I'm like, I'm sorry I've done this. Things that were way in the past. I'm like, I'm still going to repent from it because I want to be free and I want my kids. Come on. Here's my child. <laughs> Tell my. I think it's very important to um, apologize to your children because you're the representation of Jesus. You're the first representation of um, Christ. It, it teaches your children how to have humility in their life later. If you have pride and can't, can't um, apologize to your children, they will develop that because they're learning from you and you're their first representation of who God is as a Come on. Come on. That's a good word. That's a great word. I like that it came from my kid. I didn't know what was coming out. Come on. Keep going. Come on. I apologize to Annalise yesterday. She's seven months old. Yeah, I mean, because we get annoyed. They're crying. You're like, what do you want? I mean, don't shake your kid. I'm just like, I'm not saying Kaylee does that. I'm I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm more upset your kids than you are. On accident, though. Yes, yes, come on. Come on, let's. We got revelation. They're so. F- I've had some kids say, "I've never had an adult apologize to me because they were annoyed with." They're just looking at you like, yeah. "What's happening?" It's, it's a kind of a crazy thing to think about that fifteen-year-old kids have never had an adult apologize to them, even though I know I've messed up to these fifteen-year-old kids before. Like we all have. Yeah, because we're all annoying. If you think you're not annoying, just get the right person next to you. I was. I always say I was the unpreferred child, and I know that. So when I see people doing things, making their kids be in that spot, I will tell them. Because I'm like, I was that unpreferred child because I needed love. I needed attention. I needed time. So I was, like, annoying. I would, like, my family's like, you are too much. And they told me that my whole life. And I thought, no, I'm not. Once I got saved, I got renewed in my identity. I'm like, I'm not too much. And if people can't take that, that's because... They got some things on them that they don't that don't like being in the light because I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be truthful. I'm going to be in the word of God. I'm going to be repentant. I'm going to be honoring to God. And if you don't like that, there's probably a reason. And so I love that you guys brought that up. And, and, 
And we're seeing lots of parents do that because that is important. Because the main reason that, that Lucifer became Satan is because of pride. You are parents. You are there to steward, not con- to control, manipulate, and force your children. And that includes grown children. It's a hard stage when your kids are grown. You're like, okay, what do you want to do? Like, I try really hard to be like, do whatever you want. Like, you guys are smart in that. You know, but then they'll hey, can you come over and do this for me? They have no problem also. But, you know, when you made a good relationship, your kids also have no problem coming to you when they have a problem. Mom, I have no propane. Uh, it's 4.30 in the morning. Uh, turn your oven on. You'll be all right. Let your faucets drip. Call them. You might have to pay a little extra for, for a refill. I said, but that will just be your lesson. <laughs> Were you guys okay? Yeah. God, and God had favor. But you know what? When you have a good relationship, they're not running from you and hiding. They're calling you at 4.30 in the morning. My mom will be up. Okay, I'm awake. <laughs> I was awake already. I was just in bed. I, I said, you could probably call me anytime, and I'll just. So I have actually, John asked me, Don has asked us what we could pray for. I said, that I sleep. I said, sometimes my sleep is so disrupted. <laughs> no, I was actually awake for three hours. I was just getting ready to fall back asleep. And, nope. But I'm saying is that's how we should have that with our kids. We should be, like, teaching them. What God putting things first. So, oh gosh, we're really late. I have, I have little foxes. You have little foxes. Start cleaning them up. Start cleaning them up. That's that's the end. Get them out. Be done. Quit tolerating it. Let's pray.